Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery where it's homemade pizza day along the Gulf of Mexico with me, Rebecca and Rachel. How are you both doing? Great. Good. I'm feeling less sick now. Maybe it's the coffee. Well, I think it's uh, our delightful company is probably what it is. It's um, true. So I, I have, I have, I have an update. I have a friend update. Um, the, 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 the dude that wanted to kind of be friends, um, I don't have to worry about him anymore because he got a new friend of his own. How do you know? Um, because I see him out walking it. He got a he got a, he got a he got a puppy. He got a he got a Doberman pup named Rocky. Um, and they're bestest buddies. And and now now he's got Rocky to hang out with and doesn't that that's filled that empty spot in his heart. And it doesn't have mm. to be me now. Um, so there's there's that. So. Well, what if you guys now take your dogs on little dog dates? Well, I have a dog that was severely abused when he was a pup and is 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 not really um, mm-hmm. responsive to hanging out with other people or other dogs. And so I've got a natural okay. built excuse that I've already shared so that, that that won't come up. That won't be a thing. Um, and speaking of pets, I, I've got a new pet here at the snuggery. I don't know if I'm going to keep her. I think it's a her. looks like a her. Um, the other night I walked, walked into the kitchen and there's something moving across the floor. And I thought, Ooh, there's a big giant cricket going across the floor. And I looked closer and it was a teeny weeny little frog. Um, big for a cricket, tiny for a frog. It's about the size of maybe a little bit bigger than my thumbnail. And, um, and so I, I scooped her. She was all dusty. Um, and, and she looked all cute and I thought, well, I could put her outside or I could keep her and have a pet frog for a while. Um, so there's a, there's a frog now, Rebecca, should I let it go? What have you looked up? What kind of frog it is? I've tried, but it doesn't look like any of the frogs that are that are around this area, or more more precisely, it looks like half of them. So, well, it, what have you looked it up? Because I use an app called iNaturalist, which is a fantastic app. If you guys want to use it, it's great um, because you can take pictures of pretty much anything. I think besides, I don't even know if they, I don't know if they do geology. Like you could take a picture of an insect, stuff. Uh, an animal, a plant, um, a part of a plant, uh, something growing on a plant. Like, you know, if, if something looks weird about a plant, you could take a picture of that specific part and you'll share it to 
their database, I guess. Um, and you'll see like suggestions of what it might be. And I don't know how they do their logarithm or their algorithm or whatever, but they basically crowdsource the information. And so if someone else has found a similar frog in your area, even if maybe they don't know what it is, you'll see that there's like that type of frog. It's just, it's easier to find that information for me on that app than like say Googling it or using like a bunch of other apps out there try to do what iNaturalist does. But I feel like check out iNaturalist because if it's a native frog, I would definitely let it go. But a lot of times people let pets go oh. and then they they're reproducing and they're not supposed to be outside. Oh, yeah. um, and so that could be the case. So you could be taking what could be an invasive or an exotic species and putting it out of the natural elements, which is ideal. So it really depends on the type of frog. It would be fun yeah. to have a pet frog. I've had a I pet frog. I will do. I, I've had pet frogs in the past too. I'll do some investigating right now. Um, she's in a, she's a little, uh, I set up a little terrarium for her. She's got some water Aww. and she's got a, a little plant to crawl on. And, and, uh, and I named her cricket. You, you're was, invested. Because she looked like, look like a cricket. Well, she's staring at me right now. She's probably you hoping to get some cricket. pizza. I named her cricket because, uh, so yeah, cute. because she looked like a cricket when I found her. Um, so what does she eat? What? What does she eat? What are you? Feeling? Um, crickets. So, I assume because frogs like know, crickets. Do you know how to what size food to how to figure out what size food to feed them? Yeah, because you well, said she's so not, tiny. Not crickets that are bigger than her. Right. You. It has to be the size of like in between their her eyes. forehead. Yeah. The size of her forehead. Basically, I've got, yeah. I've, I've, I've got some uh, some three sixteenth inch crickets. <laughs> um, little tiny little baby crickets. Um, yeah, they so, sell them really, really tiny. So yeah, just get the yeah, tiny, tiny. And now I think maybe I should have a cricket farm. But let's talk about conferences. Um, yes. So <laughs> what's going on with that? <clears throat> um, I, we're gonna have them <laughs> at my forest school. We're gonna have conferences in two weeks, one week, very soon. And I don't know. I just wanted to chat because conferences look different at different programs. Um, some people do it once a year, some programs do it twice a year, some don't do them at all. And so when I was putting my program together, I felt kind of like choice paralysis about many things, um, but conferences for sure, like as a play-based educator, we can have a conference, but like, I don't want it to feel super rigorous. Like we have to go through every developmental stage or every little thing um because you know my whole thing is that play is enough we trust the kids in their play and that they're getting what they need and so I don't feel I, I feel like it would be counterintuitive to get too into the nitty-gritty at conferences with the parents mm -hmm. um so yeah it was just it was tough trying to decide like what is the structure of that that conference look like how much are we going to talk about like objectives versus just experiences how much are we going to focus on strengths versus the things that we want the kids to work on or build on? Um, and so there was just a lot of decision-making that had to go into it. And I'm still kind of making those decisions because we haven't had the conferences yet. But yeah, um, do you have conferences at your school, Rachel? Yeah, actually, yeah. I have them coming up. Um, we do them twice a year. And I usually like 
I talk too much in mine. Like I get told I talk too much in mine. I talk it's too hard. Much. Well, they want them to like be in this time frame, but something that we started that I like wholeheartedly support is um, our administration gives us this letter, like not a letter, but so we use my teaching strategies, right? And we're documenting mm -hmm. pictures of what they're doing in the curriculum. And then we can document like the objectives it's meeting developmentally. And then we, I, I really hate, like we print them off and your child either falls in the frame or outside of it or above it. And like, if it's outside of it, then that's where we're going to discuss like, Hey, this is happening, but this is our suggestion on how to help them like build okay. up, what, you know, right. Um, but what we've started now is they give us teachers this paper and what it says is like, um, what are this child's strengths? So like we get to say what we see in the classroom instead of like, because the assessment I feel like is really like when you're there, put on the spot, you have nerves already. So you're like, okay, but it says right here, you know, can't count to 10 or whatever. Like I'm just throwing something out there. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that because I feel like parents will solely focus on, yeah, we're, we're in an age where we're so worried about academics, um, that that's all they're going to focus on, you know what right. I mean? Instead of like the pluses. So it starts with like a box where we write down all their strengths, all the things that we see in the classroom. Um, and then another box, like for any concerns we have, which half the time I'm like, I don't have any concerns. I don't put anything down. Like unless there, I notice like a developmental delay. Right. That, right. Like, or like something need. seriously behavioral. Right. Right. Like, you know, right. yeah, something you're like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then um, you flip it over and it's like, what are, which I was thinking as you were talking, it's like, what are the goals? And so like when I have, we did this in the last set of conference, it's pretty new, but I sat down with the parents and I was like, listen, um, I know my beliefs and my passion about play and how I'm structuring and teaching your child. But I also understand like the nervousness because it's not the same dynamic as you'll see in a school, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so what, as a parent, what do you feel your goals like you would like to see? And then we'll talk about like, if it's developmentally appropriate. Realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Or if that's like, you know, not, not something and it doesn't have to be academic. It could just be like right now I have a child who everything he grabs with his hand and eats. So our goal is, you know, just let's work on holding our fork, you know? Right. Um, but that's how, like, I try to listen to what the parents want to see. Mm -hmm. because It's their child. Right. Yeah. Right. And then um, we have another box, like, that says the steps that we'll take to reach said goals. And mm -hmm. so, and then the parents sign off and we sign off. So to me, that makes it feel like we're on the same page. We're right. a team and I right. can share like what I know, my education, whereas mm -hmm. they're not, they might not be so well like trained right. in early right. childhood development. So, For sure. I, I think that's such, I think to add to that too, and something that I'm considering adding to my conference conversations is a lot of what you've said. And then to add to the next level is here's what we're doing to at school to support your goals for your child as much as we feasibly can. Right. right. Um, and then I, I like to have that conversation of like, what can you guys do at home? You know, that you're willing to do. I mean, we can't make parents do stuff. Right. I mean, that's just unrealistic to think that right. they're all going to do what we want them to do. 
But, you know, some parents are like, how can I help my child be more successful at school? And so those are the conversations where I might have, you know, have them carry their own jacket, practice little bits of responsibility, um, have them practice pulling up their own underwear, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff where we can, we can, like you said, be a team where it's like, here's my goals for your child at school. You have your goals for your child's life in general. And here's how we can help support each other because we have the perspective as professionals and people who have taken classes upon classes about child development. And then they have the knowledge of their child, the best knowledge. They know their child better than we ever will. Um, And so to be able to use those two really powerful resources for those kids and come together and have conversations and and be supportive in, in a team, I think is so valuable, but it is, it's tricky to Mm -hmm. figure what to say and how to say it so that everybody feels good at the end of that conversation. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I don't know. I'm pretty, not to sound, that's one of my strengths is talking Mm -hmm. to parents. Um, No, it's good. I'm glad it's good that you feel confident in that. I wasn't always. Mm -hmm. I, I remember like when I first started in the field, parents scared the crap out of me. But also a lot of that was like feeling inexperienced. I was mm-hmm. so young, you know what I mean? But like as a teacher now, I'm confident in what I know. And right. when, uh, like I have, what I love is like when they come to me, I can throw out, well, in this research-based book that I read, like, and if you want to look at it, you know, it's out here, like right. da, 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 AYZ, whatever you want to say, but um, yeah, it's like, I it's think. like you're, you're, I, I feel the same way because like, as you build your confidence in yourself as a teacher and you can feel it in the classroom, right. When you like right. put all these tools in your tool belt and you're like, damn, I'm doing good job with these kids. Mm-hmm. Then you feel like I want to share that with parents, right? Like I would love to share with you about all the awesome things that we're, that we're doing at school, you know? I think so, like in my opinion, conferences kind of pull out your passion as a teacher. Yeah. You know what I mean, if you're like, yes, it's intimidating and it's scary, but it's your way to show parents that you love this child and you're passionate mm-hmm. about them and that you are here. Like we're taught, we're supposed to be a support like for the child and the family yeah. as a unit. And that's why I love that we have these sheets where it's like the parents input is also encouraged. Yeah. Like, what do you want to see? Yeah. Right. Instead of it just being like, well, look at this assessment that I did. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I hate that we do um, assessments. And I don't know if you guys have heard. I don't know if this is a thing, but um, we do something called Bergantz. Oh, I haven't heard of it, but there's tons of them, I'm sure. I hate Bergantz. Um, Yeah. I can't tell you, like, how many parents I see. And I'm like, please, please don't take this to heart. So Bergantz is where... um, somebody is trained to do it. They pull the child out of the room and they're one-on-one and they do this assessment. And then the information's calculated and put in and it says developmentally what age they're like showing. I don't know. Yeah. You're kidding. So it does. um, Oh gosh. Physical, cognitive. And I can't remember what the third one is, but there's three spots and it says either like Oh, they're functioning at two and three months or they're functioning at. Oh my God. And I always like, I'll start my conference and I'm like, listen guys, I'll go on a tangent on this um, because I do not like it. 
I don't yeah. feel like it's but I said, you have to remember your child's being pulled out of an environment that they're comfortable in to go with somebody that they may or may not know very well and ask yeah. to perform. Basically, we're like, asking- I'm sorry, based on, based on what, like the, your two years, three months, based on what two, what two year and three month right. old is, is like a typical, you you right. run into 22 year olds that could all be developmentally typical and rate differently. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's that it blows my mind. I can't, I couldn't imagine having to deal with that. Like as a teacher, like for for having to like navigate doing that and having a conversation because that's hard. Before I hand the sheet over, I'm always like, it's how I start my conferences. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. don't let this scare you. I'll go on a tangent. I hate this, but remember that it's a screenshot in the moment and there's all these factors and yeah, I know like I know better than this assessment right here. Right. On how your child is developing because I right. spend more time with them than the 10 minutes it takes to do this. Right. And it's all it comes yeah. down to relationships, right? Like your relationship with the child and then your relationship with the parents of like them trusting you. Yeah. You know, I'm like honestly you, they're gonna trust your word over that whatever organs I might get in trouble for saying this but I'm like put your just either put this in the trash can or shred it because I just don't feel it's an accurate yeah. representation no. I mean it, it can I feel like it does a disservice either way like say your child rates lower than their age then you feel that they're you inadequate here in that parent part maybe you know? you're not doing enough you feel like maybe the school's not doing enough and then on the flip side of it like say your child is rating like older or higher than their actual age that could really be, like I said, a disservice to that child because what if they still have a lot of things they need to work on maybe in certain areas, but now that parent's like, oh, they're advanced. But right, they, but, but they, don't know how to zip up, they don't know how to zip up their own jacket still. Like, So right. yeah, they may be rated as a five-year-old, but there's still all these other things they need to do. And so, yeah, I just can't imagine that being, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around that being a positive tool for families to receive you know mm-hmm. did you do I think conferences, conferences are when stupid were... i think conferences yeah, i was gonna say did you do you them do did you do them when you did your your home care uh, absolutely absolutely not we didn't do them when we did uh family child care we didn't do them in 16 years at the at the center um and part of it i would suspect is that i hated conferences when I was a kid for whatever Mm. reason. Um, But I think there are a lot of reasons not to do them. Um, And you've, you've, you've kind of touched on a lot of them, the anxious making for one, Mm. it makes the, the, uh, the, the caregiver anxious. Um, It makes the parents anxious. Um, The anxious parents and the anxious, anxious um, caregivers make the kids anxious. Um, who needs that bullshit? Yeah. For one. Well, like Go ahead. touching on, sorry, touching on that. Like I wholeheartedly could see that because, you know, I, Sebastian's still early childhood and we had conferences and like, I went in there because, you know, we've discussed earlier, Sebastian's not a good speller. He's not, mm-hmm. he just, yeah. he, he is good at so many other things. Um, so I go in there and basically now we're there, we're, I don't want to say we're pushing, but like the in, implication that was made is like, he has ADHD. 
without saying like, you know, that we can't come out and say, Hey, he has ADHD, but right. Like, Oh, he, he can't sit still. Oh, he can't focus. Oh, he can't, um, you know, oh. he talks a lot and he's, he's a child. <laughs> so, and like, so then it, it just felt horrible because then we had to send, set up like a behavioral, um, counselor meeting and, to talk about strategies and so I go into this meeting and I'm like I want strategies to help him focus like I guess I don't know what I can do to help him pay attention to something that he doesn't really care about you know yeah because I was gonna say you've said before that if he's engaged in something hands-on if he's engaged in things where he's able to move his body focus is not a problem right but like how like I don't want yeah exactly what are you gonna do you're not gonna drill him on worksheets at home right. to make him practice literally I'm, I'm getting referral discipline referrals emailed to me because he can't stay on task and so we go into this meeting and immediately like I, we have another meeting set up with his doctor now they're pushing to diagnose him and immediately from there they're like pushing to put him on medication and Nick and I are like absolutely not absolutely no. not of so course, I, I don't want like, to diagnose him because the school gets more money if uh, if he's he's got a diagnose. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. just frustrating. It's, it's hard. Like as a parent, that's hard to hear and deal. Yeah. Like, so did you yeah. did you ask them um, if you want him to pay attention? Why don't you be fucking less boring? No, <laughs> no, I didn't go there. I'm just why like don't you, I don't. Why don't you talk? Why don't you? Why don't you give him something interesting to pay attention to? I mean, right. yeah. well, so they, so there, this is the conference. And then I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? And then I get a call from, I'm like, well, then I said he needs a 504 because I want adaptations made for him. Maybe he needs a fidget. Maybe he needs to stand. Maybe he needs to go out of the room, like to take tests where, cause I was leaning more towards test anxiety, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I'm like, so I want a 504 and I get a call from the principal and he's like, no, he's perfectly fine. So, so they I'm want to like, diagnose him, but they don't want to give him a 504. Yeah. That's I'm like, and so like literally I stood, I'm in my job, like talking to my boss. Um, the owner of my daycare used to be a special education teacher and I'm just crying. I'm like, I'm so frustrated um, because I don't feel like we're a team with the school and like right. conference. I'm getting one thing from a conference, another from a phone call. So like, I get it. It's miss like the conferences can feel like you don't even want to answer that phone call, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So anxiety making two, they take a whole lot of fucking time. You got to schedule them. You got to prepare for them. Um, you got to smoke detectors going off. <laughs> it's that cheesecake. <laughs> um, so can you hear it? They are taking up a lot of my time right now. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, However, so, yeah. I, you know, they, the parents do want to have these a, conversations. So how do you balance that? You know, a lot of parents want to talk to you about their kids. Okay. okay. I got to wrap this episode up because nope, I guess I don't. It stopped. Um, so I don't hear it. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, hear but it. I do, but it was driving me insane. So that, that it, the scheduling thing is a problem. Um, I, what, what we did and what worked for us and might not work for you, but, um, relationships are important so we spent time talking if there was an issue we talked about it in in the moment when it was real you know you can't always do that stuff at the beginning or the end of the day but if there was a concern 
we would talk about it. Um, you know, hey, I got to talk to you about something. You got five minutes extra after work. And we'd have those conversations. And we worked on building those relationships with families. Um, and and then all that stuff happened at the beginning or the end of the day, or, you know, we'd set up a special meeting. Because if you save stuff up for conferences, then it's not being right. addressed in real time when it probably should be addressed. And yeah. if you're doing if you're doing things like documenting the learning and you're sharing that stuff on a regular basis, the the whole conference thing becomes becomes um kind of a redundancy. But yeah. then the other problem I had with it is that it really seems a little bit more academic than I think like, a play-based early learning program should be. And I mean you can do things to make it not that. But when you're doing mm -hmm. the assessments like that, uh, that you talked about, Rachel, and, and that kind of stuff, it just it just puts a lot of weight on on right. the the shoulders of the kids and the parents and the caregivers. And and who needs that? Yeah. So I what I what I did with my kids, um, so I got my assessment. I, I don't really want to call it that because I'm not assessing the kids, but I use an assessment framework, I should say, to um, that I'm familiar with that I used in college. It's called the DRDP developmental results, something profile. Um, but yeah, it goes into like the different domains, right? And then it goes into the different like objectives within the domains. And so what I'm doing is when I'm posting pictures and videos of the kids experiences at forest school, I'm tagging the domain and mm -hmm. like maybe what they're experiencing, but I'm not assessing them. So if they're doing like the other day, they were hammering sandstone. So I put like physical development and health, gross motor manipulative, you know, so like the things that they're experiencing, but not like super specific, like your child has the strength to do this or, you know, it's like, it didn't get into the nitty gritty. It's just like, we're, uh, we're providing experiences with gross motor. We're providing experiences with art. We're providing experiences in all of these different things. And your child is experiencing them. And we trust them enough to know that they're, doing what they're capable of doing right and that they're yeah. pushing themselves to the next level I don't need to mark them off on a certain scale. scale and so that's kind of how I've kind of met the parents in the middle where like my program is fully play-based the kids participate in what they want to participate in sometimes I'll offer them do they want to play a game with me but like they can come or they don't um and so I just my whole conference thing I really have been talking to my co-teacher about it is like very conversational and focused on what the kids are experiencing yeah and so if we and just see, focus on their experiences then I'm not saying your kid is here or they're there it's just this is what they're doing you know yeah yeah, yeah. And, and instead of doing that twice a year or whatever we just kind of made that part of the daily routine a couple minutes here and there and not every yeah. day with every parent but right um, just having those just conversations in in and and that and and having it more conversational and having it um more informal uh, i think had a had a better effect because it didn't have that that anxiety making um right. aspect to it um, i um I will say like a lot of my parents, because I do talk a lot, um, are like, you know, they don't sign up for conferences because they flat out say like, if you had a concern, you would have brought it up to me. Yeah. This isn't, mm -hmm. you know, but this so conferences is more... are optional for your families. Yeah. They don't have to have them. Um, I have to do, I have to fill out the assessments and it has to be in the file, but no, we don't have to meet if they don't okay. want to. 
Yeah. That's interesting. It was just the different, different programs are just do things so differently. So yeah, it's, well, and it's interesting uh, to make those decisions because like a lot of the families that I've spoken to, they want to have those conversations. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's hard um, at forest school, like we have everybody dropping off and picking up around the same time. Right. And yeah. so it's like, I don't it's have that the staffing or the opportunity to really talk about certain things and then some uh -huh. things I don't want to talk about in front of the kids right like yes yeah. inappropriate yeah and so it is nice to have that like outside of school time to talk um I'm also wondering and maybe this is like getting into the minutia but maybe moving forward in the future for my program I'm con maybe I'm considering changing the name of it like parent teacher conferences has such a negative connotation for a lot of people and so maybe like next year because I've already I'm already deep into this, uh, telling the parents about conferences this year, but maybe in the future I could change it into like conversations, like switch the wording of like, Hey, there's an opportunity. If you'd like to have a conversation with about your child, with a teacher, we're doing it on these days. And yeah. it doesn't have to be like, feel like it's a conference. We need to talk about all of these different things. It could just be like, Hey, I, I might be misremembering this, but I recall a program that um, their quote unquote conferences involved a bonfire and wine. Yes. I was and... just thinking like when I was getting my CDA and learning, we talked a lot about home visits. Like it was right. encouraged, but I don't feel like anywhere in like nobody wants home visits anymore, but like, why can't yeah. we have dinners where we like, if we're going to support the family unit, then we need to, you yeah, know, it could be in a public setting. Yeah. More business. Like it's yeah. supposed yeah. to be more loving I guess than like businessy you know what I mean yeah yeah sense? yeah mm -hmm. yeah so what we're gonna do listeners is uh is Rebecca's gonna have her first conferences and we're gonna we're gonna hear how that goes and and decide what she said what how she decides to change it up or 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 how how this evolves over time yeah they're um, in and um, I just looked they are the 13th through the 15th so they're in less than two weeks Ah, so we got we got that exciting stuff to come up with. Uh, before we wrap this up, got a hypothetical to throw at you. I, I uh -oh. teased in the previous episode. Would you rather have your fingers replaced with tongues, okay, or have your tongue replaced with fingers? Rachel, the face you just made makes it all all worthwhile. <laughs> for me to ask this question um which would you prefer i don't i i love food i love mm -hmm. the flavor of food but like i'm thinking well, then you can if, taste it if you picked it I up will, exactly but like what if you're touching a pole that some kid put a booger on like oh, that's Where gross was? i will i will i will grant you if you go with finger with tongue fingers i will grant you taste buds on them well, it, that's a tongue comes with taste buds, doesn't it? Yeah, but if you if you go with fingers for a tongue, then you, you have can have, have you can have you can have taste buds on your tongue fingers if you like. Oh, I feel like if I had um, tongue fingers, my feet would evolve, kind of like um like develop to be more. You know what I mean? Those people who are able to use their feet, yeah, sure. As hands, like the. Oh, so this is, is from wrong? birth. This isn't a transformation. This is you've no, been like this. this is, yeah. Well, I mean, right, but I'm just saying I would learn to use my feet as my hands. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas like, what, how would I be benefited with a finger as a tongue? Like, let me type in on my keyboard with my 11th finger. If you had, if you had like uh, spinach in your teeth. Oh, could you imagine though, biting your finger? Oh, no finger tongue. Okay. Tongue, how finger. about this? Imagine, imagine you've got, you've got finger tongue and you've got to trim your, your mouth nails. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but how many fingers are in the mouth? Um, I pro- probably three. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies, man. <laughs> She's getting like total goosebumps right now. I think I would go with finger tongue because I could hide it. Mm. And then like, you know, like I can't, I don't want to walk around with tongues on my hands. Okay, but you're talking right now. A lot now of attention. And- you're talking right now, and I see I see a little bit of tongue every once in a while when you're talking. Well, I'm, I would and... I would probably adapt the way that I spoke. You know, some people they talk like this. You're sorry, they just don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go in closed mouth talking. <laughs> and then when I laughed, I'd be like, <laughs> you know, I just would, I would just figure it out because I don't know walking. And then imagine taking care of young children with tongue fingers. How would it change your? I might, you know how dirty my hands get every day at forest school. I literally have dirt under my fingernails almost perfectly. But like think about it. That's kind of how dogs would probably feel. Like they use their tongue kind of like a finger. For everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, your tongue would you if you had if you had the, the taste buds on your on your fingers, they just get used to all the dirt and grime and wiping and things like that this is but then like how would they say moist how would the tongues not how would the tongues not dry out do they Um, replenish their moisture i think they would have self-moisturizing i think there'd be some sort it'd be a glandular thing i think okay a secretion yeah i have taste buds on my my finger tongue that's why i chose that because it still operates as a tongue and i would probably talk a little bit like it's like those people who have the snake tongue. Like, how would you? Blah, blah, blah. I'm just. I, thinking, oh my like, gosh! Yeah. Imagine the beatboxing I could do if I had a finger. I could probably do all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff. How, well, let me hear. I'm just, how, like reenacting all of this in my. <laughs> how is your How is your beatboxing now? Oh, it's um not existent. But I'm just thinking, <laughs> if I had a finger tongue, then maybe that would be a Radio. hobby that I could. Yeah, I could watch some YouTube. Oh, you could do the like and... water sound. You know what I mean, the. Yeah, from inside your from inside yeah. your mouth. I think you'd be able to whistle real good because so there's that I can't do it, but that whistle where you put your fingers in your mm-hmm. mouth and do that whistle, you'd be able to do it, but your your fingers at all be you'd be able to do it with and your mouth fingers. Natural. Yeah, I can't. the The thing that gives me the heebie-jeebies is the thought of touching my finger tongue with my actual fingers. Uh, honestly, I wish that listeners could see us right now because literally we're like. <laughs> <laughs> using, using our, fingers. our hands and our fingers gesturing um oh my goodness i i did ask some ai to to generate pictures of what this would look like and they oh were God. they I were disturbing I, I think i'll put them if i still got them i'll put them up at the uh at the play haven uh site but they were they okay. were unsettling what would um, you choose um i'm I I think I would probably go with uh, with replacing my fingers with tongues just because I think it'll look cool. I just can keep thinking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I feel like that's something. Yeah, so <laughs> like, like villain, yeah. just <laughs> <or> Spider Man. 
This has been the Child Care Buying Girl Podcast, the world's longest running and most prolifically learning podcast that makes you feel uncomfortable once in a while. Uh, back soon with an episode. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your finger tongues or your tongue fingers. Bye-bye. Adios. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.